On today's episode, it is another behind the post. We are unpacking another influencer celebrity weight loss story and all of the hidden messages underneath the post. You've probably seen it online, but V Cortez has posted about her weight loss story post-pregnancy and there were a lot of things that needed to be unboxed. My name is Joseph Ashton, I'm a registered nutritionist and dietitian, and welcome to the Donut Box, where we unbox stories and talk about things we usually don't talk about. And today, it is V Cortez's weight loss journey. So if you're ready, let's unbox the story. It's Joe. It's Elijah. And you're listening to The, the Donut, Donut Box. Box. Hello, everyone. We are back, and today's going to be pretty interesting, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, we're going to dive right into today's episode. It is another behind the post, an unboxing of celebrity influencer posts that we see when it comes to dieting and diet culture. Today's topic is going to be about V. Cortez. Have you ever heard of her before? Actually, I have not heard of her. I haven't. Is she like a social media star or something or she an actress she's a vlogger yeah she's a vlogger who has around 6.4 million subscribers on youtube wow i she must be is... living under a rock huh <laughs> well to be fair i i'm i wasn't really familiar with their content as well uh before i just saw a few like tiktoks of them and i was like oh okay um then it introduced me to that whole, whole thing but she is engaged to kong tv do you know kong tv Oh, she's Kong TV's fiance. I know Kong TV. Yeah, yeah okay, I like then, yeah. his. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, I, I like him a lot because I, I find him humorous and very Filipino content. Yeah, very Filipino uh, humor. humor. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Mm-hmm. You watch his content regularly or not just regularly? Like only sometimes. when I see like I usually see him more on Facebook like videos and reels, and not so much YouTube. I know he has a YouTube, but yeah, I I've I've see a lot of his like uh, satire skits and stuff. It's really good. Okay, so more like his short form videos instead. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that and he has he actually has like the full length videos on his Facebook page, uh, which oh, I think okay. is which I think is um, normal for a lot of Filipino social media um, yeah. people because Much I think bigger that's growth on Facebook. Yeah, mm-hmm. than than YouTube or Spotify or whatever like Twitch. <laughs> okay, yeah. so so. Uh, if, if you know, he has a kid now, right? So, and his and the person who gave birth to his kid was V. Cortez. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, she posted on Facebook actually around September twenty sixth, uh, twenty twenty three. Although she's also been posting a lot of her like diet journey and all of these things uh, prior to that. But she posted this from what I know in context is that. She posted this to clear the air because a lot of people had been saying that she got liposuction because she lost weight from her from giving birth. She lost some weight. And everyone was like saying that she probably got lipo. Like, how did she lose weight? So she wanted to clear the air and she posted about her weight loss story. First of all, before we start, like, I hate when people do that. It's like, mind your own business. But then again, yeah, she's social media and stuff like that. Like, why why i mean why put down someone i mean i don't think they're saying it in a way like oh she got lipo i feel like 
in a way, I feel like they're trying to put her down, make her feel bad about it. Like, I mean, if, cause if it wasn't in a way that they're trying to put her down, she wouldn't be trying to air it out. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. I think, I think there's like two things here. Number one is people saying she couldn't have possibly lost weight on her own. She probably got lipo. So that's, um, one side of that, you know, what does like, that she's mean? A, she, no, she couldn't you know, have like, possibly <laughs> done it herself. No, like that's kind of the um, some of the mindset there sometimes. You know, when you when people are like probably got lipo, probably got this and that. It's like they they think that oh because she's an influencer, she's rich, she probably just bought her way through the body that she has now, kind of like that. And there's no problem oh. with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? not necessarily yeah. as long as you're not lying about it. Of yeah, course. yeah, of course, yeah. On the other hand, although I'm not fully sure about the timeline of her weight loss, it could also be that she lost weight pretty fast that they started to question of like, oh, how did you lose weight that fast? It might have been lipo. So it could be one of those two, depending yeah. on the person who's commenting it, you yeah. know, or, or some other reason. Yeah, well. like if it's like 30 kilograms in one month, it's like, hmm. That's, yeah, is, that, yeah. is that lipo? Is that <laughs> lipo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did she lose then a you, limb? You, <laughs> did you, then you kind of want to, you'd be a little bit questioning about that. You know, so, hmm, yeah. how did you lose like that much weight so fast? But okay, I'll read you some of the parts and then we can react and talk about it. We will specifically be talking about the messaging of this post, mm-hmm. especially as it affects vulnerable readers. Yes. So we do want to just emphasize we are no way, shape, or form calling v out or nor are we shaming her for what she's what uh the the things that she did or has done in order for her to reach her goals all of these things the main thing we really want want to unpack is the messaging from her post because as an influencer who has around six million subscribers on youtube i'm not so sure how many followers she has on facebook There's a large reach to this and a lot of very vulnerable, impressionable viewers who will now take a liking to this story and possibly feel like they have to do these things too. So we are mainly focusing on reading between the lines of Mm -hmm. some of the posts we see, especially when it comes to weight loss. Yep. Sounds good. Okay. Let us read. From 94, by the way, I'm speaking in Filipino, so bear with me here. Okay. From 94 kilos, pagkapanganak naging 60 kilos na ako. Dahil sa pagtanggal ng rice, pati pagbabawas din ng mga masasamang pagkain at pag-inom ng lock slim. Parentheses, tipong nakain sila ng lomi tapos ako nakatitig lang. At ngayon, okay, we'll stop there first. Okay. Let's react to that one first. Let's okay. unpack that one first. Yeah, that, that actually, it just in that like three three lines, there's a lot of things to unpack. I'm already like, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> so many thoughts. But by the way, I also did a little bit of like an unpacking on my YouTube, and if you want to watch that, we talk more about like the technicalities of it, the technicalities of her journey, and now we're going to talk more about the messaging. Okay. 94 to 60 kilo weight loss. Mm-hmm. That's 34, 34 kilos. kilos mm-hmm. Which is roughly 2.2, around almost 80 pounds, if you don't know your really? if you don't know really? uh, metric, right? Yeah. 34, 34 times 2.2. 2. 2. It's like 2.2. 2.2. 2.2. Yeah, but maybe 75. <laughs> 75 to 80. We'll just go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 75, like 75 to, 80. to 80. Okay. So r- around 75 to 80 pounds. Wow, I didn't. 
I didn't convert it the first time and I didn't realize that it's like, wow, okay. Oh, wait, you're right. It's 75. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look oh at my me, God. Girl ma- that's not girl math, not girl math. That's just right math. There. That's just math, guys. <laughs> so I-, I didn't realize that it was like 75 pounds because when I was <clears throat> um, initially reading this, I-, I was just, I didn't even, I didn't convert it initially. So like, oh my gosh. Okay. Now, we don't know the timeline of this, so we wouldn't be able to say if this was a quick weight loss or not. However, if this 80 pounds was lost in a short period of time, then it might not have been the healthiest amount of weight loss or the most sustainable amount of weight loss. Yeah, because uh, if you listen to our podcast recently, we explained that... um, a good mm-hmm. pacing for you have, to, you, have to, you have to repeat that because this is not going to be out before the fat loss episode oh okay okay so um for you guys if you want to know um because you're we were you're saying um 34 kilograms in a short amount of time might be way too fast um a good way to gauge how much fat you sh- or how much weight you should be losing per week is roughly one to two pounds per week two at most but try to be less than that that's yeah. even yeah. sometimes it's a range of 0.5 to 2 pounds per week agreed with, uh slower and steady means you're more focused on losing uh fat rather than just like water weight or muscle uh, muscle mass or mm-hmm. anything like that you know yeah um so we won't fully comment on that but we just want to emphasize that slow and steady is always the best when it comes to weight loss yes. let's talk about the pagkapan Pagkapanganak, 94 kilos after she gave birth, and then now 60 kilos, which I think is a big thing we have to talk about, weight loss after pregnancy, you know? Now, one that's not necessarily bad if you want to lose weight, okay, after you've given birth. Like, it's okay, body autonomy, you do what you have to do. But we do have to remove the pressure on women to instantly spring back into a body that looked like it never gave birth after it had literally gone through stretching, (laughs) carrying, and growing a whole other human being. Like, I just don't understand, you know? Understand, yeah. Like, I will never be able to carry a human being in my body. But one thing I for sure do know is that it is tiring. Like, when you're in the hospital and you see these mothers giving birth and they're in labor or even prior to that when they're when they're going for their checkups it is you know it is a lot of pressure it's a lot of stress that the person the mind and the body have to go through so when you do give birth give yourself some time to rest you don't have to pressure yourself there's no shame in in the weight that you have gained during and after pregnancy yeah and those comments of so how are you gonna lose the baby weight no it's not helpful (laughs) okay it is not fun comments that you're giving to women who have just given birth okay or people who have just given birth we really have to take away that pressure of just like looking like you never gave birth and it's so stressful because postpartum depression is real okay and i think a big chunk of that also comes from body image changing and i will never necessarily not never sorry and i do not personally know what it feels like to have that mental stress body image physical stress of going through childbirth and all these things 
but I know that we have that it's I but from what I can gauge and and read it's tough you know and that extra added pressure if you just wanted to go back to normal you feel like the only way to get there is to try to lose weight and now you're going through very restrictive methods it's going to impact your mental health even more yeah I agree that's oh man just thinking about it, it's pretty stressful even for me I'm like whoa right because it, it really sucks you know for for um when you're pregnant and then that's like the only focus you're thinking about like even for me one of the scariest things for me and oddly enough if I got pregnant ever the scariest thing in my mind right now is that I would gain weight you yeah. know and that's and that's like so messed up for us to be like this the biggest thing that we can think of is the weight gain yeah like put yourself in and in, in the in these shoes right um I feel like a lot of us, especially in the Filipino culture, you have that, you have the tita or whatever, oh, tumatabaka, now you're gaining weight. When are you going to lose the fat? Now, I'm, now imagine that step up and you just gave birth and someone literally just goes to you, hey, you got fat or you gained weight. Yeah. When are or, you going to lose that? Like, what the heck? Pa, I Okay, sorry naman. It's not like the movies where the next day your stomach is just flat like that is something i learned like later in life meaning that i actually thought that once your baby came out your stomach is just going to vacuum close again but no that's not how it works yeah even the people who are genetically gifted and uh whatever they still have to go through that right it's it's human it's it's part of being a human and that's how your body works <laughs> Yeah, bodies change and they are meant to change. But let's talk a little bit about how she lost weight, took out rice, got rid of quote-unquote bad food, and started drinking Lux Slim. Let's start off with the rice. So, quick reminder to everybody, if you have been listening to the pod, you know that there aren't any specific foods that are bad or good or can instantly make you gain weight or lose weight. Guys, rice is life. Okay. <laughs> One of my pet peeves is always when they're like, yeah, I lost weight and all I did was cut out rice. And I'm just like, Oof, this is just a whole thing. Okay, let's do a little disclaimer. If you don't like rice, you don't have to eat rice. Okay, that's perfectly fine. But if you do like rice and you're trying to lose weight, you don't have to completely remove it just so that you can lose weight yeah i agree and i feel like a lot of the times a lot of it of the time it's exaggerated all i did was uh exclude rice from my diet but i feel like when we're dieting you don't realize that you're probably cutting a lot of things out and not just rice you're probably getting a smaller portion of your meal you're probably drinking or eating less of the foods that you enjoy but your mind is so focused at oh i gotta get rid of the rice i eat like one or two cups of rice every day and i'm gonna get completely get rid of that but you don't realize you're probably excluding a lot of things in your diet too and that adds that up. also depends because that can also be on the opposite side where Ooh. when you are removing rice you are actually feeling more unsatisfied with your meals and you are more likely to eat more um which makes it even harder for you to maintain your diet you know there are there are a few reasons why you would lose weight when you remove rice. Number one, you end up creating a calorie deficit, right? And this calorie deficit would lead to the weight loss. 
And another thing is like what Elijah said, your overall thought to now make dietary changes affects your overall mindset around food, your overall portioning and all of these things. So it wasn't really about the rice or only the rice, but about the overall mindness that we, mindfulness that we had around food, which is a big thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of what I'm saying comes from like personal experience with people that I've met. And like, you know, I have friends that be like, yeah, I've cut out rice. And the, but we would go out um, and eat together and be like, oh, let's eat this. And I'm like, oh, sorry, uh, I can't eat that because I'm on a diet. And it's like, I thought well, you only cut out rice, but like we're eating something else. Why aren't you eating it? And it's just like, you know, I think sometimes subconsciously you don't, you don't realize it. And, and I've been in that pitfall too. And, and there's not, you know, in a way there's nothing wrong. I'm not faulting you. It's, that's just how diet culture and society has really ingrained that this type of food is bad cut it out you can only eat veggies you can only eat organic food you can only eat this 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 to lose weight and you shouldn't have that and it, it, it's just frustrating because you're like you realize like are you having fun you know you know what i mean like it's it's sad because like we should be enjoying right and it, it's sad to see sometimes the thing about this is if you really didn't like rice and it helped you with your weight loss journey, that's fine. But you could see in the messaging of her post, tipong nakain sila ng lomi tapos ako nakatitig lang. If you feel to the point that you are watching somebody eat and you're not able to eat the food that they're eating with the same joy and the same excitement, then your diet is likely restrictive. right? It's probably going to be something that's going to negatively affect your relationship with food in the long run. Something I also always tell my clients is to be mindful with the words that you use around food. If you're going to call food bad, if you're going to call food good, this is going to impact your food choices because you are now going to fear the bad food. You're probably going to think about it more and it's going to take a lot of brain space and it's going to make it harder for you to be consistent with your diet when you have fear and anxiety around your food choices. The one thing that I realized when I when I had to do a mental shift was I tried to make food neutral in a way, right? Where food is just food. There are some foods that I enjoy. There are some foods that I don't enjoy. And that's how I looked at it. And it really helped without being, oh, this is bad. You can't eat this. And then you just put yourself in this box. And whenever you put yourself in the box, you limit yourself, you restrict yourself, and that inhibits a lot of happiness, I feel like. It really does. And something that we also have to take note of is you want to do this diet long term or you don't want to do this lifestyle shift long term. If you are feeling very restricted or very, um, you know, tempted, quote unquote, by other foods around you all the time whenever other people eat it and it feels like a punishment, it feels like torture, this is not something you're going to be able to do long term. And you have to reassess that. Also, when we call food bad, oftentimes we are referring to like fast food and processed foods, all of these things. So when we say that these foods are bad, you are making a lot of people feel terrible about their food choices, which by the way, they don't have all they don't always have full control over. You know? Now for the people who don't have access to let's say organic and fresh food. They're going to feel like they can never be healthy or never work on their health because they don't have access to these things. And that's just another layer of 
why we shouldn't put moral value to food. Because not everybody has the same access to food. And when you're now demonizing certain foods that some people are o- only have access to, that just creates a big divide when it comes to health. And you're making health... Um, what do you call that? Uh, like, there's like classism in health, essentially. It makes you wonder, you know, like, diet culture is very privileged. Like, the type mm. of thinking, the type of, yeah. the, the philosophy in, of it is very privileged, right? There's actually a post where I saw, I was like, what is a dieting hack or something that you can think of? Something like that. And then somebody said poverty because that's so sad (laughs) i know because if you think about it there are people who are intermittent fasting for health and there are people who are intermittent fasting because they don't have access to food you know and Mm -hmm. that is just this big shift that you can see where there's a privilege of us to say i'm not gonna eat breakfast because i'm on a diet but on the other side people are not able to eat breakfast Mm -hmm. And, and that is just like when i when i read about that i was just like wow okay (laughs) this just puts a whole other perspective to me whole other appreciation for food as well and reminding me that the privilege of access to food is not something to be taken lightly as well yeah don't take it for granted guys so let's move on to the next portion of her post at ngayon panahon na para dagdagan ng exercise dahil law law na tayo mga mom she kaya naman apat na araw na ako nagjijim Ipagdasal nyo naman na matagalan ko to. Plus, sumusubok din ako mag-tennis ngayon. Woo, Pero tennis. nag-aaral pa ako. I know, when I read that, I was like, yes, tennis! Okay. Maybe I'll see V. Cortez on the courts. <laughs> <laughs> let's go! Okay. Let's start off with the first part. Lau-lau na tayo mga mom. She. So, yeah. this probably refers to blue skin. Yes. If, if I am translating yeah. lau-lau properly. Yeah. Probably loose belly, belly skin, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most probably. Which she probably has for two reasons. Number one, gay birth. <laughs> Number two, lost a lot of weight. And when you lose weight very fast, you are more likely to have loose skin because your body doesn't really have time to adapt to what's going on. But also, if you lose a lot of weight in general, you are also likely to have loose skin. But there is a chance of this loose skin to be less um what do you call this apparent apparent if you lose weight more sustainably and slower as your body has time to adjust to it yes yeah i mean even without the whole because she lost weight in terms of like she dieted the it will you will have loose skin after you give birth like that's a fact you will have you will have some sort of loose skin because in what nine months you're your stomach, belly, your belly, parts of your chest, skin, like a balloon. Yeah, expanded to <laughs> balloon. So, so don't be surprised that you'll have loose skin because it's normal. It's very, very normal. Like you are, you're not alone. You will yeah. never be it, alone. It might not that. feel <laughs> comfortable. It might not feel the most like it doesn't make you feel confident, probably. Mm-hmm. But know that there's nothing wrong with it. You know, it. It's, you pushed out it's a baby. Perfectly normal. Yeah, girl, mm-hmm. you pushed out a baby. <laughs> Come on. But let's talk it. about exercise and loose skin. Can you just like exercise loose skin away? <laughs> mm, okay, so there is a point where the loose skin will always stay loose skin. Like for example, you lost hundreds of pounds right that in in a lot of bodies that will never 
go away unless you have it surgically removed mm-hmm. or, because you or, just have like because it's like excess skin you know yeah because like, you, yeah. it, you stretched it right and then the cells uh divided and it just stayed there right um but of course um if it's not too bad like it can go back slowly and and normally and a lot of people what they do in order to fill those gaps they um they do a resistance training so they try to build muscle more abdomens and uh, more more abdominal muscles and and core muscles and just resistance training in general to help to help i guess fill in the space that mm-hmm. was left and like strengthen from, the looseness <laughs> yeah you don't really mm-hmm. strengthen the looseness it's loose right you're just trying to fill yeah. that gap yeah that mm-hmm. that was left from losing the weight and the mm-hmm. skin stretching so exercise can help loose skin to a degree but there's also a big portion of loose skin that we can't really do much about uh in general right um so here's the thing <laughs> The thing that we are flagging right now is the messaging or the way that she seems to be going about workout because she's asking us to pray for her that she can continue this workout. So if you feel like you have to ask the world for help to keep you going on your journey, that's a big question as to if you're actually going to be able to sustain the method that you are doing. You know, I say this from experience because we both, burnt out from workouts and we did a lot of resistance training and not saying resistance training is bad but when your intention comes from a negative space of you're just trying to punish your body or just trying to change what your body looks like and not really coming from this place of i respect my body i want to feel good i want to do all these things it's going to be hard to pull that everyday habit of going to the gym or or the habit of going to work out because it feels like a punishment yes like like here's my take on it um when you have just started working out 90 percent, 95 percent of the time you probably don't want to you're you don't want to get up because Mm -hmm. one the like starting i wouldn't say 90 is that 90 (laughs) percent hello i mean uh, a lot of people, yeah. I mean, there's so many sedentary mm-hmm. people in the world, and right, and 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 a lot of them just need to get over that hump sometimes to start working out. But I feel like they put so much pressure on themselves, and that happens to me all the time. Where it's like I need to get past that hump. And one thing I always um, tell my clients or just people in general that want to start working out is that when you think of working out and exercise, it doesn't have to be cardio and jogging it doesn't have to be high intensity interval training one those can burn you out so fast like one session of high intensity interval training on your first day you like the dropout rate is so high because like a lot of people just can't take it so my advice right especially for this one is find an exercise or a type of movement that you enjoy like for us right now, it's tennis. Like yeah. my maybe gosh. tennis will be for her too because she's yeah, starting it now. Exactly. <laughs> maybe like, you like tennis. <laughs> remember, you, you don't have to think about exercise as just a punishment, uh, as a way to achieve something. Exercise should be thought as a lifestyle, as something fun, and that there's so much different types of movement that you can enjoy and and you can try to do so remember don't limit yourself don't put yourself in that box because you will find something that you enjoy and i really hope you enjoy tennis because tennis is the best guys (laughs) (laughs) 
there's also something that I would add here to that where I know you feel like you have to go to the gym because you're trying to work on the loose skin. Okay, makes sense. You know, you're probably going to go to the gym for resistance training to build muscle, which is great. But if you feel like you're not excited by it, you don't have to do it four times a week. You know, you can also incorporate resistance training to a point that is helpful for you in your day to day, but not making you dread it all the time. There's a difference between pushing yourself because you want to grow and pushing yourself out of punishment. And we have to be aware of where that line is, you know, because I know that there will be times where like, yeah, of course you have to, you pay, no pain, no gain. You know, (laughs) you have that mindset of like no pain, no gain to a degree. That's true in the sense where there will be days where you have to push yourself out of bed because you are just like not in the mood to do it or anything like that. But on the other side, if you're constantly feeling like you have to um, pun it, push yourself out of bed, like you always feel there's drag to get there, maybe it's not you and maybe it's the workout itself that you're doing or trying to do that it just doesn't fit for you. Agreed. Especially for with the resistance training, it can burn you out really fast. So if you I, don't like it. If you also. don't like it. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think with a lot with some with some foods like you can acquire a taste i feel like that can also go with with exercising like yes i find yeah. the stuff that you enjoy mm-hmm. right but i feel like i re- i really am for resistance training like i feel like everybody can do it and it's great because you can build muscle help your metabolism you get stronger you get to do more things it helps you with your different sports so i feel like maybe yeah you can incor- incorporate it and don't overdo it and just do it until you acquire the taste for it. Maybe you'll enjoy it. And, Let's but, don't, yeah. but, you know, if you're going to the gym four days, you know, four times a week and you're doing resistance training and it's like your first time or you're a beginner at it, yeah, that can burn you out. I agree, sis. Mm-hmm. That's it also depends hard. on like, the level of, of resistance training you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you're doing like light intensity in the, in the beginning first and you're trying out four times a week. But yeah, like Elijah said, there are times where you got to try it out first, see how it feels. In the beginning, you won't like it, but later on, you start to love it. And you can see with a lot of people who are really into fitness now, they didn't like going to the gym in the beginning, but now they're like addicted to it or something like that. There will be those instances. So you have to know as well when to take a step back and see, am I, re- am I enjoying this? Am I learning to enjoy this? Or is this really just me punishing myself? And again, resistance training can be very helpful. The- there are exercises that we can do for health. Cardio is still very important, just as long as you're not constantly pushing yourself to only do cardio because you feel like that's what's going to help you with your weight loss journey only, you know. It's the intention. Always be mindful of your intention around fitness, working out, health. You know? Okay. Another part. You're on mute. See, I told you you keep muting. (laughs) Okay. Let's go to the next part of the letter. Of the letter, sorry. The next part of the post. P.S. Kahit ano inumin nyo, kung walang disiplina sa pagkain, walang mangyayari. Kailangan nyo po ito samahan ng effort para mas makita nyo ang result. Nagpalay po po ako? Ay, nagpalay po ba ako? Hindi pa sa ngayon, pag nakatatlo anak na ako siguro. Okay, so she's talking about the Lux Slim. Okay, because a while ago she mentioned the Lux Slim as one of the things that helped her lose weight. And she said that no, drinking this is not 
what made me lose weight because if you don't have or again she said no drinking this is not the only thing that matters it also about discipline and effort and mindfulness and all of these things for you to see results in that aspect i would agree (laughs) where it's more of the holistic uh view of health that yeah there's no magic drink that's gonna make you lose weight Mm -hmm. right (laughs) <laughs> which is really weird because she still drank it anyway so it's like mm, okay so um let's talk a little bit about lipo like nothing against it but i think the statement of hindi pa sa ngayon pag nakatatlo anak na ako baka dun na i think there we're already preempting that after having many kids you would be very unsatisfied with your body, you know? And I think that's just another um, manifestation of what we mentioned a while ago. There's pressure for you to not look like you gave birth when you've given birth, you know? I actually kind of understood it in a different way as well. Like, I agree with that, what you said, but I also saw it as like maybe in her third child maybe she'll be too busy it'll be a lot harder to lose weight and not so much about like her hating her body but like maybe she'll not have enough time to do what she's doing now in order to lose weight so maybe it could be a bit of both where yeah maybe she's preempting and at the same time she's thinking oh i'll have three kids i'm gonna have to be working a lot i have to take care of my kids i'm getting older and etc you know Mm -hmm. i I saw it that way Okay, that's true. That's fair. And I'm not saying that it's bad to get lipo after having kids or anything. But you have to be... Uh, this is what a lot of uh, aesthetic surgeons or plastic surgeons will also kind of talk about. You have to know why you're doing it. And if it's because you don't like your body, having that procedure done is not going to make you like your body more. Maybe it will to the point where, yes, I finally have the nose that I like, but since you never accepted your initial body in the first place or you never really had that good relationship with your body at all, it's never going to be enough. And that body dysmorphia really builds because as you look at the mirror, you can't recognize the person that you see because you were never ever you were never really able to connect to the body that you had. You know, that's what happens to a lot of individuals who go through um aesthetic procedures, especially when they're not in that state of um, connection with their body. Okay, so let's continue on. <laughs> Alright, let's continue on. Totoo ba na luck slim na kapapayat sa akin? Tinalungan lang po ako nito. Dahil, nalo- dahil nawalan po ako ng gana kumain na kaya ko magtanggal ng rice. Galing ako sa pagdededek, kaya kaya ko umubos ng isang kaldero noon. <laughs> okay, so for those who aren't familiar, Lux Slim is a brand. It's a brand that sells many different uh, food supplements from drinks to pills. And one of its uh, main products is the uh, Lux Slim line of like Cafe Macchiato, there's matcha, there's some turmeric teas, but their claims are many. Specifically, some of their claims are that it will suppress your appetite, it will help you burn fat, it is anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, will boost your nutrition, digestive health, and also to get rid of cellulite. Basically, it's a magic drink. 
in in a way you know, in a that's way. pretty much what they're saying and i feel you like know, there, there sh- is some truth in a little bit of what they're saying but man it sounds like it's like a do everything drink no <laughs> <laughs> kind of yeah and i actually really dissect more about it in my youtube video so if you guys want to talk uh, li- uh unpack more of that you can um listen uh watch that video on my channel but let's talk a little bit about lux slim so we have some context here so Lux Slim, again, all of those claims that it has, one of it being appetite suppressant, which is a, which is the biggest claim that uh, V mentions helped her in her weight loss journey, the appetite suppressant uh, property of Lux Slim. How is it an appetite suppressant? And are appetite suppressants helpful? Okay, so we discussed the difference between hunger, appetite, and cravings in a past episode, and your appetite is your want to eat. This is suppressed because of the ingredient Garcinia Cambogia, which Whoa. is in the Luxlim drink. It sounds like a country. <laughs> it's actually it's funny because one of the packaging that I saw online literally said Garcinia Cambodia on it. <laughs> uh, in the packaging, I really want to see the packaging of the drink without buying the the product itself, just because I'm so curious. <laughs> It was it was actually so hard for me to find an ingredient list for it. Like Really? Because Luxlin doesn't have a page of their own, mm-hmm. I think. They have a resellers page. And then they have a lot of other pages um of other people and other sites selling it. So they don't have like a main company page or something? Or like yeah, a- like I couldn't wow. find it. You know, or it wasn't the first thing that would pop up. So that that was weird, right? And in the pages that I would see, when I would search for the ingredients, it would have more of like a product description. Like this food item is a mix of ma- uh, of green tea extract, cinnamon extract, Garcinia Cambogia, L-carnitin, L-glutathione, etc. Stuff like that. And then I would never really find like a plain ingredients list which was really, really stressful and hard for me because I was like, I need to know what the ingredients are. It kind of sounds like a red flag, to be honest. (laughs) I know. Well, yeah, because you couldn't find it online. It is on the packaging, though. So in fairness for them, it is on the packaging. It's just that it's hard to find a reliable source of what the ingredients are online. So that's that's the red flag there. Mm -hmm. But reading the ingredients list you have a lot of very helpful ingredients. Anti-inflammatory ones, there are, there's green tea, there's ginger, there's turmeric, there's also cinnamon. You have uh, L-glutathione, which is a master antioxidant. Your body produces that. Um, and although studies are still a little bit uh, inconclusive on if taking the supplement will be very advantageous for you in terms of antioxidant properties. Yeah, it actually is an antioxidant. Um, yeah, that your and, body yeah, makes. yeah, that your body makes, and when you take it. But <laughs> by the way, a funny thing: when people think of glutathione, people think, "Oh, it's to make you whiter." It's actually a side effect of taking glutathione. Like it's it. It's you, not the main. It's not yeah. You. It's not the main use of glutathione, right? <laughs> so like, it's just funny to think like, yeah, I take it to get white. But it's funny because you're. It's an antioxidant that has a side effect of making you lighter skinned or i guess so that's fun i just thought that was funny yeah and there's so many things that are actually like sold like there's so many gluta things that are sold purposely for the 
just the whitening part, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Another ingredient is L-carnitine. So L-carnitine is a transporter or a chaperone that brings fat to the mitochondria to be utilized. The powerhouse of the cell. Sorry. <laughs> mitochondria. Yeah, every day you say mitochondria, you have to say that. Um, yeah, so... Some studies have actually shown that L-carnitine can be helpful for mobilizing your fat stores, but when in conjunction with a calorie deficit and exercise. Meaning you can't just take L-carnitine and hope that all of your fat burns. <laughs> you yeah. have to still pair it with all of these. Um, it's things. more of like a efficiency An enhancer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. L-carnitine is also made by the body, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of the studies that showed that L-carnitine was helpful to take as a supplement mostly was also done on individuals who didn't have a lot of L-carnitine in the body. Like, production of L-carnitine was different. So please do consult your dietitian before you decide to take this supplement. Okay, so Garcinia cambogia is a tree plant. It's a yes. fruit. J yes, Joe. A tree is a plant. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a fruit. So it's a fruit that has hydroxy citric acid or HCA. Okay, so HCA is the main active compound that is claiming the appetite suppressant and things like that. Animal studies showed that it would help, but human studies did not show the same results. Like not now, same, like not conclusive or like not same results at all. Well, the ones that showed that it was helpful for weight loss were flawed methodologies done in the studies. So we can't fully trust the, those studies. And um, a lot of the studies were mainly saying that it had no effect in general. But here's the big kicker. The FDA says that it's actually unsafe for human consumption. Yeah, it's kind of funny because we were doing research What's about it. And we were like, I wonder, because we were just thinking about it, like, we were taking it for granted that it is FDA approved. And then so I was like, you know what? I wonder if it actually approved by FDA. And then like in like big bold, like it like Google does that and bolds it. FDA um, says that uh, Garcinia Cambogia is unsafe for human consumption. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> exactly. You know, and just like that. Wow. Why would it be unsafe? There are mild side effects to taking this. It could be headache, nausea, GIT problems like bloating, indigestion, constipation, diarrhea. There's also more intense side effects. Uh, for example, increased blood pressure or heart rate, uh, dry mouth or change of sense of taste, and also mania. But mostly mania would come from if you're already taking medication that is related to that as well. Okay, but here's the big thing. Some and a lot of studies have shown that it can actually cause liver injuries. Liver injury and liver failure. Especially when uh, Garcinia Cambogia is paired with other ingredients. Specifically ingredients like green tea extract, which is some of the main mixes on these drinks. And those studies show that when they stop taking these, this drink that had the, this compound the liver injury was reversed. So it can be very dangerous to your liver. So she did mention that tinulungan lang siya ng Luxlim, especially for suppressing her appetite. Well, how do I feel about appetite suppressants? And how do you feel about appetite suppressants, Elijah? I'm indifferent to it, I guess. Um, you should, I don't know. I don't think you should be 
inherently trying to inhibit your appetite because your appetite is telling you, hey, you should eat something. <laughs> so, yeah. like, yeah, it's there for it's, a reason. It's there for your a reason. Your body does things for a reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like her need to take an appetite suppressant really comes because of her. Uh, whenever you feel like you need to take an appetite suppressant, you have to assess why that might be. Okay. And it's because she used to eat a lot of rice. That's what she mentioned. Because when she was breastfeeding, she could eat a whole caldera of rice. When you are breastfeeding, you do have to increase your calories by 500 calories so that you can maintain and support um, milk production. But another aspect to why you would feel out of control around specific foods could also come from either blood sugar concerns or it can also come from restriction. If you don't trust your body enough that you have to take appetite suppressants just so that you can control yourself, it's really important to reassess that relationship with food. Do you want to be relying on an outside source to control your appetite when your body was designed to regulate your appetite for the purpose of making sure you are fed? Yeah, that's true. And I'm... I'm going to assume that you're not going to be taking Luxlim forever and every day. I mean, she's also an endorser of of Luxlim. That's true. But (laughs) let's assume that she doesn't, right? You kind of already messed up your appetite and the way it signals in your body. When you come off of that Luxlim, what then? You get off of it and then you could have a rebound effect in which your appetite is twice as bad or because you have you've been suppressing it for so long your body is craving for food you're not eating enough and at the end of the day that could just affect that could just result in a yo-yo diet and you can it results into binges and then you're going on the diet again and then you binge and it's that cycle that we really want to avoid Exactly. Something we have to take a look at is your appetite and your hunger, which again, we discussed previously. You can have hunger without an appetite. So just because your appetite is suppressed doesn't mean you're satisfying your hunger. And in the cellular level and in your body's level, hunger still exists. Meaning if you are not fed with the nutrients that your body needs, that hunger will still be there. You know, and because your body is trying to tell you that you need nutrients and you need food. You know, so we have to really ask ourselves why we are so afraid to try to develop that trust and that relationship with ourselves around food. And of course, a lot of this is because weight loss is so glorified. Diet culture has made us believe that we cannot trust ourselves around food. And I understand where that is coming from, okay? I, too, have taken a lot of slimming teas and slimming whatever stuff in the past. And it was only recently, not super duper recently, but it was only recently that I realized that I had been putting weight loss on top of health for so long and I didn't realize that this could actually be dangerous and even more dangerous that so many people can read this and now feel like they have to do it too even if she said that you, that it wasn't the main thing a big chunk of this is saying that it was a big it was a helper for her and that already puts eyes on the product yeah and even though she said yeah of course you can lose weight 
but that's if you only eat less and you exercise, right? She she said that. But even if you said that, the fact that she herself is one, an endorser of it, and two, she used it in order to achieve what she wanted to achieve, then it really does send those signals of, hey, take this. It really helps. You're going to lose weight really fast. Yeah. And here's a specific statement in the rest of her her post. Pwede ba pumayat ng walang iniinom? Aba, oo naman. Kung kaya niyo magbawas ng kain at mag-exercise, go. Sadyang ako, di ko kaya. Kaya need ko ng lock slim sa buhay ko, ma'am she. Two beses ako na inom pagising at gabi. So in this statement, she already mentions how, yes, you don't need it, but I do. Because her appetite has maybe been impacted major by her long-term intake of it, but also because of restrictive dieting that can enhance your hunger and make your appetite fight even more. So this combination, essentially, is that increase. And one thing that I realized about this, if you look up higher earlier, she talked about how all you need is control and discipline in order to get your result. But then when you come down there, it's like, I couldn't do mm. it. I need it. Mm. So it's contradicting. It's not just con- maybe she does have discipline, but she needs something because her discipline isn't enough. You know? Mm-hmm. She, yeah, but it's like kind of contradicting. Yeah. Like all you need is discipline and exercise, but I need this. You know? Well, I need luck <laughs> so they're, slim they're, to help mm-hmm. me with my discipline. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, that's, and it's, I'm just like thinking of all of the teens who are going to be reading this and be like, okay, the slimming teas, the slimming pills and coffees, they work. I'm in it, you know. But again, the ingredients are not even, like the Gersinia Kamboja is not even FDA safe. It's, it's, it's really frustrating. Yeah, it's neither approved nor is it safe. <laughs> so that's the end of the post. But it, below, she also has a comment. Sumusubok na din ako ng diet meals ngayon para mas tama ang calorie intake ko kada araw. Pinapatake lang sa akin 1,500. Diyan papasok yung matatakam ka sa ibang ulam o ibang pagkain. Minsan, di ko mapigilan mag-samjup, kaya malaking tulong ang lock slim sa akin. Para mawalan ako ng gana kumain at onti lang makain ko. Yeah, and then most of, most of her reacts are hearts and and cares. Exactly. <laughs> But you can see in this post, 1,500 calories. That is the bigger reason why she probably lost weight because she created a calorie deficit. Now, as to if 1,500 is the best calorie deficit for her, if coming from 94 kilos, she did 1,500 right away, this is kind of low. Like, if she, especially if she, uh, not, even if she's short, If she came from 94 kilos and started at 1.5 right away, just because it's not 1.2 doesn't mean that it's not restrictive at that um, from that weight. You know, Usually if you have a larger body, you will need more calories. And it will actually give you more uh, leeway to have a conservative calorie. Rest- uh, it will actually give you more leeway to be flexible with your calorie deficit if you don't go straight into the lowest possible calorie intake. In the long run, it'll actually help you if you just reduce this a little bit, little by little by little. And in that comment, you can see 
where the need for Lux Slim comes in. Her 1.5 intake was is probably not enough because natatakam siya sa ibang pagkain. And she feels hungry and she has these major cravings, which leads her to feel like Lux Slim is the only solution to help her with that appetite. Look, she even says, Minsan, di ko mapigilan magsamip. First of all, girl, you don't need to pigil yourself from eating sangyup. Sangyup is so good. Especially since you said minsan. You're yeah. not saying palagi ako yeah, kumakain ng sangyup. Yeah, if you're eating sangyup <laughs> every single day, maybe, yeah, maybe hold back. That, that's, yeah, that, I remember too much of everything is bad. But the fact that you are already saying minsan sometimes, that yeah. you can part, eat that. Eating, eating delicious food is part of life, you know? It's yeah. okay, go for it. Go for it, man. <laughs> yeah, and... This just whole thing shows us that her weight loss came from a calorie deficit. Was the deficit that she did the healthiest deficit and the method overall the best and most sustainable? From what we see in the post, there's a lot of gaps that need to be filled for us to understand that. But Lux Slim was not the main component of her weight loss. And her need to take this or rely on this appetite suppressant is something that we really need to dive into a little bit more. Yeah, no, that, that was a lot of things to unpack. And, you know, and I just want to clarify again, we are not shaming V. We are not telling her, telling her or telling you guys that she is bad. But we are also, we are just trying to say that this is, how diet culture society has effed up with everybody's way of thinking when it comes to health, weight loss, and the different ways to do it. And it's and people just think it's the norm, right? Mm-hmm. And that that's the way yeah. that you should do it. Okay, great thing that you said that because a big part that I actually wanted to talk about was how media outlets had decided to post her story and with captions saying, V. Cortez shares her inspiring weight loss story. The word inspiring and then reading how she she's a, she struggling with her appetite and she is taking an appetite suppressant and that she is removing all of these foods and all of these different things. She watches her friends eat delicious food in front of her. <laughs> yeah, and it's a, an inspiring weight loss story. And I'm not saying that she's not inspiring because she's still, uh, you know, like, of course, she still has she's that. She's fighting. She's fighting. She's, yeah, yeah. she like, has that I was trying to passion. Put that in those words. Mm-hmm. She She's doing it because she wants to feel her best, you know? Like, that's what, what we know about. Um, when we go on weight loss journeys and health journeys in general, we're doing it because we want to feel our best. But isn't it interesting that in the culture and society that we have, it's so inspiring when we take drastic measures in order for us to achieve health. And again, that is why not all weight loss is automatically healthy. Because if the methods you do to lose weight is unhealthy then is it really health and is it really for health <sighs> man that was yeah. so deep I think, holy crud well so deep <laughs> yeah i think i think we can um wrap up 
Again, please, if you're thinking about taking a slimming tea or slimming coffee. Wait, I just I just saw a comment. Wait lang, it triggered me. I'm sorry. Sobrang dami ko nakikita na sinabi naglipalay po ako. Di ko alam kung matatouch ako o mabubwisit eh. People, just keep to yourselves, man. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, More and more stop. comments. Mm-hmm. It- Actually, that is something that I noticed. Most of the celebrities come out about their weight loss journey because people comment on their bodies, you know? And then you learn that their, their weight loss story is very, quote-unquote, inspiring. Yes, that's so, like, hypocritical of us. We don't like it when people tell us we get fat, but we tell other people that they get fat. Hello, guys, stop. Maybe they have feelings. Actors and celebrities are people, too. Yeah, and that actually brings about the culture of why celebrities keep on posting their restrictive diets online, and it creates even or fuels more of diet culture. I'm really iffy about influencers and celebrities posting their weight loss and fitness journeys, honestly. I mean, I guess it's great and inspiring for people to see, oh, look, they're they're working on their health and all these things. But then there's just so much of these routines and methods that are, one, inaccessible to a lot of people number two unrealistic for a lot of people and number three a lot of them is also very much in diet culture you know and then it further normalizes these habits yeah we should really change our mindset and how we view health and diet talaga overall and yeah mm-hmm. man that's what we're working on it's so ingrained in the society mm-hmm. that sometimes you just feel angry <laughs> you know always it's, i always feel angry <laughs> you know when, when i when i when i look about, back at my old self I, I get angry like why was i like that and i don't blame oh. my past self but it was just like yeah don't get angry like that to yourself <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean like like thinking about it that was like not fun <laughs> it yeah. really wasn't mm-hmm. I agree. it really wasn't Mm-hmm. Look, everything that you're struggling with in your relationship with food and your body, it's not your fault. It's just that we have a deeply ingrained culture that tells us that the only way for you to be healthy or the only way for you to reach your goals is if you're relying on products that are being sold to you and also restricting yourself until you feel terrible in your body. But if you can take anything away from this episode, it's that health should not have to feel like a punishment. It shouldn't have to make you feel miserable. It shouldn't have to be this exhausting. And I know it's tempting because everything you've tried hasn't worked. But I want to ask you, have you actually tried kindness? And we'll leave you with that question. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. (laughs) Oh, man, that was a lot. A lot, a lot. But I, know, I really enjoyed. I, I really enjoyed it. That was actually probably one of my favorite. This is one of my favorite episodes, guys. I liked it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do more uh, of these types of things. Just kidding. Yeah. Please, people, well, don't. We no can. More. <laughs> you know, you can send us more of like iffy stories that you hear about like weight loss and fitness, and we can help unpack that a little bit. Not everything is necessarily wrong, but if you do feel like it's affecting your relationship with food negatively, it's okay to question and assess a little bit. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the episode. And uh, see you next week, guys. Bye bye.
And that is the end of the episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If there's any other episodes that you guys want us to do, then just send it to us at the Donut Box Pod on Instagram. And don't forget to follow the pod here as well. You can also follow me at Estra Sebastian on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Oh, there's no Twitter anymore. X Threads and please YouTube as well. You can also follow at HealWithJoe.rnd on Instagram for more nutrition things. The Donut Box Podcast is an Anima Podcast podcast, and you can also follow them for the latest pods. Until the next episode, you know already what I'm going to say. You always deserve to eat. Bye!